0: To learn more, go to tourpreneur.com slash Google. And as always, show notes, more resources, links to our newsletter, our business coaching community, and so much more are available on tourpreneur.com. Now to the episode. Today's episode of the
1: Tourpreneur podcast is kindly sponsored by Checkfront, the booking platform trusted by over 5,000 tour and activity operators around the world. This month, Checkfront is offering an exclusive 90-day free trial for tourpreneurs. Find out more at checkfront.com forward slash tourpreneur.
2: Welcome to the Tourpreneur Podcast. Travel industry veteran, Shane Whaley, will take you on a journey with fellow tourpreneurs, sharing their tips, ideas, insights, and success stories to inspire you to make your tour business the best it can be. And now, here is your host, Shane Whaley.
1: And welcome to episode 122 of Tourpreneur. It's another in our series of Meet the Tech. Today, it is the turn of Checkfront, and we're joined today by Julianne Johnson, who is the Senior Customer Success Manager for Checkfront. Welcome to Torpreneur, Julianne. Hi,
0: thanks for having me.
1: We are also joined by Rob Dowling. He is the Managing Director of Game of Thrones Tours. I know everyone who listens to the show are massive fans of Game of Thrones. Welcome to Torpreneur, Rob.
2: Thanks very much, Shane. I don't believe that for a moment. Everybody hates eight, me included, but uh, you can't win them
1: all, I guess. <laughs> and also welcome back to Emily Pelletier, who is the in business development at Cyclo Service in Quebec. Welcome back, Emily.
3: Welcome back. Yeah, it's a pleasure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So if I may start with, with Checkfront. So Julianne, for our listeners who are not familiar with Checkfront, I can't imagine there's any out there. But those who are not familiar with Checkfront, can you tell us a little bit more about the company?
0: Yeah, absolutely. We're an online booking software. We specialize in helping small tour operators to large businesses to enterprise get themselves online and taking bookings. We've been around since 2010. We are celebrating our 10-year anniversary, so that's really exciting. Um, we have both our co-founders still with us. So we have Jason Morehouse and Grant Jurgenite, and they're still continuing to innovate to this day.
1: Absolutely. And you were based in British Columbia, correct?
0: Yes. So we're in British Columbia, Canada. So Victoria, Uh, Emily, she's familiar with Canada, obviously being from Quebec. (laughs) And we do have a few remote employees uh, elsewhere, but generally we're all located at our office in Victoria.
1: Fantastic. Rob, Game of Thrones tours. How long have you been working with Checkfront for?
2: Well, we had our first tour to Game of Thrones, outdoor locations of Game of Thrones from seasons, I guess, one and two back then in April 2014. So I had the system live from probably Christmas 2013, so something like that. And uh, I chose Checkfront at the time because it it just seems so long ago now in terms of the evolution of ResTech and so on. But I had a website at the time that was on a Drupal CMS and uh, Checkfront had an integration for Drupal. So myself and my you know web designer said, let's give this one a go. And we really thought it looked really nice. And that's about, that's how naive I was at the time. It looked really nice and it worked. And we bought a sample ticket and it worked. And we went with Checkfront and uh, still Checkfront.
1: <laughs> and when you say look nice, was that look nice from the operator's viewpoint or look nice from the consumer's viewpoint?
2: Well, I think from the consumer's viewpoint in the sense of, Their tickets are, I think, exquisite. You know, they've got QR uh, codes on them now. So everything has evolved since then, of course. But the tickets look lovely and they look really clear and solid and uh, professional, I guess. And all tour operators know, especially in the beginning, So we're talking about the beginning here, like back then, remember, everyone's quality of everyone's camera on their phone even was terrible and so on. It just looked beautiful on a phone. So if you bought it on your phone, it looked really nice. And also from the, the operator's point of view, the display of data and reports and so on internally is very nice. Now I have used other, I've done demos, but I've also actually moved to another ResTech for a time and come back. And as I say, it's just my own personal preference. I, I really think it's, uh, it's, it's exquisite actually, the, the, the ticketing for customers.
1: Great. So let me take, I know April 2014, well, actually, January this year seems like a long time, <laughs> oh, let alone 2014, to be honest. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah.
0: How
1: How did you discover Checkfront? How did you find out about them? Because you're you're in the Republic of Ireland, I believe, or yeah. Northern Ireland. Okay, so you're in Ireland.
2: As you can probably tell from my accent, I'm in the Republic of Ireland. Yeah, I can
1: understand you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, well, uh, yeah, but I do that too, if you're like... What about you? I, I can fit in in Northern Ireland too, by the way. So, <laughs> Uh, haven't haven't been called upon to do that in a long time, but uh, I've registered the business in the two jurisdictions. So I've got the business in the Republic, and I've got the business in the UK, you know, Northern Ireland. So again, um, I have two two separate check from accounts. One's in the euro currency, and one's in the you know British pound, of course. And um, the, I mean, it looks seamless in the website. You would never think that the one website, if you were to browse it as a, a customer, you would never think there's actually two accounts there. And you can uh, customize to a certain extent the display of the drop code. That is to say that, you know, user, people who are uh, shopping for ResTech may like to know that most of them are web, it's a software as a service. So the uh, the booking system is embedded within your website and the customer is actually looking through your website, so to speak, into Checkpoint And Sits inside my website beautifully. I tried. I, I don't know if I can name names, but I tried Buccio at the time. You know, I, I tried. I tried a lot of the others, Resdy, Resco, and uh, I, as I say, I thought Check one looked the nicest. And back then, I was just looking for some basic features. You know, as I say, that it would that it would uh, it would be easy to purchase and so on, and look good. And that that was the extent of my uh, reason for choosing it in the beginning. But everything has evolved and all the integrations and so on has evolved enormously since
1: then, obviously. Sure. Julianne, you work in customer success. So the cool thing is you're not in sales here, right? So you're post-sales. But what are some of the things that you hear your customers saying to you about Checkfront that makes life easier for them as activity and tour operators?
0: Well, echoing what Rob said, that they do find it quite intuitive and it's just there. And- You're setting up your system as you would anticipate, or if you do have, you know, complex or maybe the need to be more flexible, that we're able to help you fit Checkfront for those business needs that you would have. Um, We have that amazing support team that is available to help out if you need that guidance. Great documentation as well. I like to think Checkfront's kind of like your top employee. You're gonna train it as best as you can and. Make it work to how you want it to operate. And that's what it's going to do for you. It works, you know, 24 seven takes bookings when you want it and when everybody else is asleep. Yeah. And also other things like we have amazing integrations. I think a lot of our customers talk about those. Most of the time when a company comes to me, they're saying, Hey, I'm working with my accountant and, you know, I need to get X, Y, and Z report. And I'm like, Hey, are you already on QuickBooks Online? We have an integration there and it saves them those extra steps that they thought they might have had to do within Checkfront.
3: And about customization to the business, um, for example, I know that the Game of Thrones tours website, um, it has it embedded in the website, but can you have the platform, for example, on top of the page of the website or a separate page that
0: comes out? Uh, Can you customize these kinds of things? So there are many different ways to integrate into the websites. It depends on the operator's preference. So you can have it embedded on your website and have your experience there. Or you could have it redirect to what we have is called a customer booking page. And you can have it completely separate from your website. Um, you can get super fancy and utilize our API and completely customize your booking experience with that. But of course, you will have to have your own trusted developers and third-party integrators along with you, but we'll be there to help support you and guide you through our documentation, no problem.
3: And about the reports that you were talking about, it was one of my questions that I had for you today. Is it easy, like, without calling anyone to get a report of something very specific
0: at any time in your system? Yeah, so we have a lovely drop-down selector that says reports, and we have things called sales report, revenue report, transactions, even an activity log, which I'm sure maybe Rob can speak to that too, but having track of every interaction your staff is making, you have that in your account as well.
3: So from the two other, you know, booking platforms that we've seen, you know, in the two last interviews, they have a different pricing model. And I'm not saying one is best or another. I just want to know about yours and how you define its benefits so you if I'm not wrong, you have a monthly uh, pricing and I think it's depending also of the number of bookings. So can you explain to me um, like the benefits of having that pricing model?
0: Well just to speak to day one, Jason and the team they went forward with the subscription model and that is kind of like our foundation. The majority of our 5,000-ish customers are on that monthly pricing model. And it is based on volume, because as you increase with volume, the more resources that you take from our software or you need maybe more technical support. So that's how we base that volume there as well. And a year like
3: this year where some businesses from came from a lot of volume to zero. Um, Did you have a solution uh, to offer them, for example, um, stopping their payments or next year uh, uh, a less big payment? Or do you have a solution for these uh, companies?
0: Personally, from what I know is our business gave a lot of flexibility with our operators. I don't know if I have an exact number or it might be posted somewhere on our blog. But we definitely gave a lot of relief in forms of credit to a lot of operators who are struggling or deferring payments as well. We are very sympathetic and understanding that we are all in this together and we're all trying to navigate this new world of COVID. But in terms of pausing accounts, we have another solution for that, that we're hoping that people, if they don't want to necessarily pay that monthly subscription, we have introduced something called our Flex account or a Flex fee which would be an offset to your guest booking. So if you contact our sales team and you're qualified for that plan, they can vet you for that one. And then you're not having to pay that subscription fee if that's not the subscription or the pricing model you want to pay your software provider.
3: Very good. I I like flexibility. So I'm happy to hear that you're thinking about it. Thank you.
2: Emily, I can tell you a a little uh, horror story uh, regarding pricing that happened to me and my company. It was actually last year, uh, 2019. So during 2018, I discovered, and I hope I'm not getting too technical here now, but that I had a company uh, listing on TripAdvisor. But TripAdvisor changed the way it displayed tours. And instead of showing company, it showed product with a little yellow book button, And that is another an OTA Viator embedded inside TripAdvisor. And I hadn't uh, signed up to that because prior to that, you know, Game of Thrones is so popular. The coach was full all the time and I didn't have to do that. And everybody around me told me, why would you pay people commission? Don't pay anybody any commission. Why, why would you even do that? And it, it was working great until something outside of my control, the way it displayed somewhere else by someone else who was entitled to do what they want with their platform, changed the way it displayed and I realized I'd made a mistake and what I also did at the same time was I changed my booking system so (laughs) I told Julian this yesterday it was nothing personal but I was really nervous I thought I'd really messed up and uh, you know when you play the Game of Thrones you live or you die and certainly in coach tours for Game of Thrones in Ireland if you make a mistake you could die and uh, the buses were half full whereas they were always previously full and I I migrated from uh, from Checkfront to this other booking system and therefore 0.1% per booking. Imagine, right? Amazing. No more monthly subscription. But then they increased them to 2.9%, which is 29 times higher. And just to give you some idea, in the month of August, my company would have like six figures of sales because it's like 21 buses a week. And when you calculate how much it costs in a month, it was several thousand British pounds a month from one small change in the percentage of the fees. Now that doesn't apply to every tour operator because, you know, you're more vulnerable if you've large volumes of sales. So it's for that reason that for me having a flat fee, I'll tell you the truth, I know I will never be actually destroyed by a flat fee. There's always a risk the pricing that you sign up to initially on a per transaction fee can change. The subscription can change, but the subscription will never become 29 times higher than it was, you know? So you do need to pay very close attention to those things. But I guess the point I'm making, Emil, is it's a bit more complicated than looking at what the prices are right now. The prices can change. You know, prices for stuff changes all the time.
0: You know what? I
3: think that the people that are convinced Uh, of either pricing plan Uh, will really take your opinion right now Uh, and, you know... Yeah, like I say. A very good way of seeing it. You know, uh, my the reason why I'm asking about that is because, you know, some businesses are smaller, so they they don't make, like, a six-figure income. Sure. At the same time, they're not sure of how many customers they'll have their first year, second year, third year. So either plan is good i think it's just that you have to adapt it to your situation yeah. so i'm happy to hear you know what was good for you because other people it would be good for them
2: you know so the subscription system is a bit like you know your mobile phone so okay it could, might be a little bit more but you know that's what you're gonna be paying every month the fee system is dependent on if you're successful so you better not be successful then you or you're going to be bankrupt by it but, you know, you know what I mean. So again, as I say, this is bus tours I do, so it might it doesn't apply to everybody. But the per transaction fee is one that can evolve quickly. It can it can surprise you if you sit down with your calculator and actually look at what August what what did you pay in August? You might be surprised. You might pay much in January or February, but you might pay a lot in August.
3: And I'm asking myself also, um, how do you find uh, refunds uh, with Checkfront? Are they easy for you to do? Very. Yeah, so
2: how do, how do they work? Okay, so I the way I've set up my check front, it's in the website. And, you know, when you purchase a ticket, it passes through the payment gateway. It's connected to Stripe payment gateway. And uh-huh. a few days later, the money, you know, goes into my bank account. Now, if let's say this summer, uh, well, March, you know, everyone was looking for refunds. So I went into check front. And you've just got a simple button, refund, and you can refund the full amount of the ticket, which you will do. You can refund a partial amount. For example, if there were three people booked on a tour and they wanted to, they've already paid and they wanted to change it to two people. So you can partially refund. And it looks really nice because you send them confirmation of the new ticket. And down at the bottom of the ticket in red, It just says minus whatever dollars, you know, and they can see, okay, that amount of dollars has come back to my card and it takes a few days. And so it's very simple. It's one, just click in the system. As I say, you can make a full refund or a partial refund.
3: And can you change the reservation also easily for, for, let's say they want to change the tour and then it it either charges the difference or refunds the, the difference or?
2: A different tour rather than the same tour on a different date. I would make it up myself. I would make up a booking for them. And when I create the booking inside the system, its always its status is always reserved. Check for it's reserved in blue. And there's a little drop-down option where you can drop it down and you can change the status from reserved to canceled, to deposit, to paid. So I would move it down to paid because they've already paid me. Okay, they paid me on the other item, but they've paid me. So I move it to paid. And then there's a little button email. So I put their name and email in. You know, it's on the other booking. So I've got the other booking open. I just put the data across. And then I send and I say, here's your new ticket for your new tour. And you know, there's no increase or decrease, there's no refund, and there's no increase in price, let's suppose in this case. And from the customer's point of view, they receive something, it's written paid in green, and all they've got to do is bring it to the pickup point. And it's great because. They've got a little Q or code, you know, on the ticket. So if they hold up their phone in COVID-19, the guide can hold up the check front app and literally like tap it like a supermarket and it goes, beep, and inside the system, there's a little tick that person is checked in. So if you had a walking tour and you just did everyone's phone, get everyone. So customers are really great when, you know, you, you write it in the in the ticket, please present your ticket on a smartphone screen. And we just tap, tap, the guy just taps their phone against the screen and inside the system, we see tick, 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 you know? And then somebody's forgotten their ticket and it's no problem. The guy can see a list anyway of of the people and do it manually.
0: I do just want to interject there for payment processors, just because the payment processor you selected with Stripe, it will have different capabilities per payment processor and different flow as well. So depending on, you know what, Rob was saying before, it sounds like, you know, Stripe is holding his money, CheckFront does not hold the money. We're just the integrator. So you can select any payment processor you want. I love how you described the refund process because that's exactly how it is. And it is very easy. You look at your ticket, or we call it an invoice as well, but, you know, UK, North American lingo. And it's just a transaction tab and you can see all the transactions. So depending on your payment provider, if it's within, a certain authorization phase, you should be able to make a refund um, accordingly to that. And then in addition to that, I wanted to point out when editing a booking, Yeah, you can absolutely create a new invoice if you wanted to, or you could edit that existing invoice if you wanted to. And if your payment provider also provides tokenization and it's actually an increased cost, you should be able to charge that card too. But again, it's dependent on your payment provider.
2: Uh, she's absolutely right. The way I said I can <laughs> drop down list and change from, you know, booked paid or whatever, it's so reserved paid. I can also change the item, that is to say the product, and just change it to another product name. That's inside yeah. the system. We so don't have to go and manually. Pay it up.
0: But that's really the beauty. You can make it any process you want. When he was talking about the drop-down menu, that's something we call booking statuses. And you can customize that as well. So, whatever process you have, we try to be flexible for that.
3: And also, I was asking myself for the people walking in um, that are not reserving online do you consider that a booking or not? Since probably the payment can go elsewhere than through uh, the, the payment gateway of the system.
0: I believe how we track it is we have unique booking IDs. So, anytime a ticket or an invoice is created, Um, It has a unique booking ID, and that's counted as a booking. So in Rob's case, if he was trying to reduce the the amount of bookings that he was creating, it would be wise to edit the existing one. Okay. Very good. So I,
3: I was asking myself on the website, if my website is first in French, will your booking platform appear in French, or is it easy to switch from French to English to book or not?
0: So we have multi-language selection. So you can basically create the different translations you want to offer. We have system translations, and you can also add to that as well. But you would select one to be your preference. And then depending on how you have it on your website, if it's embedded, I'm not sure if Rob has different languages, it would show that it has language, and you could select a different one from that screen. You know, Google Translate has those capabilities as well, too. But if you want to translate the system, I recommend using the Checkfront translation.
1: Are you looking for reservation software? I've got great news. This month, Checkfront is offering an exclusive free 90-day trial for tourpreneurs. That's so much time to set up a high-converting booking flow on your website, and explore everything you can do in the back end to support your recovery, from marketing tools to real-time reporting. So if you've wanted to try Checkfront, now is the time. Go to checkfront.com forward slash tourpreneur to claim your free 90-day trial.
3: A question I have is uh, the connectivity, you know, with the OTAs, like TripAdvisor and all, would these reservations count as a booking? Also, I guess you answered that question a little early on, but how do you connect um, the
0: OTAs to the booking platform and do you consider them bookings or? or... I feel like it would be considered a booking because it is creating a booking ID, but really that might be a follow-up question that I have to get back to you on. In terms of connecting to OTAs, if you have the OTA account and you're approved on it, because I know some have you know, different guidelines like country or tour type, if you have it, then we're able to connect to that as well. The only thing that you need to keep in mind is restrictions on the OTA end as well. They might have something where you have to have certain ticket types. So then your check front account and your offerings would have to match if you wanted to connect to a particular OTA. Perfect.
1: How does Checkfront cope with, or what do you offer in terms of digital waivers, Julianne?
0: Uh, Yeah, so we have digital waivers uh, and documentation. So you can customize it kind of WYSIWYG style and feed in information from the customer's booking as well. Um, And it will be attached to the ticket or the invoice. We also have additional something that I think is very important during COVID is we have per guest detail too, that you can put in with that. So then every guest would have to sign a waiver as well.
1: Right. Just going back quickly to, to payment. So you mentioned you have the subscription model, then you have payment flex. So if someone is wanting to switch to you today and they want to go on the flex, which is the booking fee model, is that something that's open to everyone? Or how does that work? How do people qualify for that option?
0: yeah well the best people to answer that is our sales team but i do know that there are certain restrictions for countries and also payment provider because we need a way to be able to collect that fee without having some sort of depository or you know sending you an invoice so we partnered with stripe on that so you have to be using stripe and you have to be in a particular country and also i believe the other qualifications would be things like booking volume which would be also booking value as well because we want to make sure that we would obviously get paid as well too
1: yeah and i believe that's a five percent booking fee is that correct
0: i believe it is a five percent booking fee yes but i believe if you talk to our sales team i feel like that's where they'll have those conversations on what the fee is but five is our guest fee
1: Yeah, maybe we can get some clarification and we can add that to the show notes today, which is at tourpreneur.com forward slash 122 for our listeners who can go and and check that. That might save some time with with people reaching out to you. Rob, I know we have Julianne here, but I don't want you to be embarrassed by this question. Um, What is the one feature or function you wish Checkfront would offer that they don't currently?
2: I won't say it's a... It's a concern that I would uh, confine specifically to check fund, but kind of all of them. But we've got a bit of downtime now, you know, with the lockdown and stuff. So I've got a chance to think about this aspect that's been in the back of my mind. And it's everything to do with mobile payments, Google Pay, you know, particularly in India. There's a vast number of Game of Thrones fans in India that seems to be infinite. And so many will go to the UK. So it's very recent that they're all in Google Pay. So I think the landscape on the payment side is going to evolve quick in the next 10 years with uh, mobile wallets and things like that. And, you know, I could be wrong. It could still be Visa and MasterCard and Amex in 10 years' time. But uh, it'll be an important uh, consideration of mine that, you know, people can actually buy tickets or whatever means of payment they have uh, in, the, in the future. And that would matter more to me now than, for example, a marketplace where we can share drop code or, uh, you know, a mail chip integration or, uh, you know, this is uh, this is sales we're talking about. It's not really a criticism right now, but uh, because they have uh, uh, API connection to get your guide, API connection to the other OTAs, you know, or Reserve, Google. So they're, uh nothing, nothing uh, alarming there we're good with APIs there. But the the part of the back end I would look at, and if I was looking at other booking systems, I would look at would be what's going on in the evolution of payments, you know, different forms of of paying for tickets.
1: Julianne, is that something uh, Checkfront and Jason and Grant are are looking into?
0: That's a really good question, but I know for sure that we're in 92 countries for payment providers and um, offerings. So every time something can become available or we're approached, they go through our partner program and we vet that. And if there's a number of customers needing a certain type of, you know, payment gateway or integration, we definitely pull those things into consideration for our roadmap. But things like payments, like I do foresee something like that in our future, but I can't per se, sure. (laughs)
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it is something that's coming up. I, I finally succumbed and signed up, you know, for the Apple credit card on my phone. And, you know, I didn't think I'd be getting that. but
0: That's how I do all my payments as I do through my mobile phone, but it is my MasterCard, but the tap right. feature.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of customer support, because Rob is in Ireland, you are in Victoria, Canada. What are your support hours?
0: So our support hours were 24-7, but now we are operating between actually 8 a.m. to 12 a.m. PST. So we have reduced those, but what we are able to still achieve is a 98-ish percent CSAT store, which is our um, customer satisfaction rating. So I would say that no customers ever felt like that. They weren't answered in a timely manner, even though we are not 24-7. At this time, we have lots of things that are in place to monitor our system as well. So we have lots of processes and safeguards to ensure that if all of a sudden maybe a third party provider that we have partnered with maybe has a system down, we have systems in place to ping the appropriate team to make sure that Checkfront has its excellent uptime.
1: Fantastic. Emily, uh, any questions as we wrap up here?
3: Uh, Well, last question. Uh, What do you do for uh, guide management and equipment management?
0: So for guide and equipment management, so we don't have any guide type management within Checkfront itself. We have definitely different ways of, you know, working with that flow or that need with that customer. And then in terms of equipment rentals, like a lot of people have not only just activity rentals, but they could have just specified equipment. We have waste of sharing inventory as well across multiple offerings. So CheckFront can get very, very complex or robust or flexible that way.
3: Perfect. Thank you very much.
1: And Rob, any final comments for you, for our listeners who can say who are out there, they're tour operators, they, they want to pick a new booking platform. What would your
2: advice to them be? I would say this. If someone's in the market looking for, uh, you know, as you said at the start, there's over 100 now, based on you know the 80-20 principle, the 20% of them of 80% of the business, I guess you could narrow it down to maybe 20, but that's still a lot. And um, a lot of the technology is converging, meaning a lot of them can do a lot of the same stuff, not all exactly the same stuff. But again, most of the things you wanted to do, most of them can kind of do it particularly long term because you know when you're working with a booking system it's a nightmare when you move to another booking system and believe me it's even worse when you move back so like migrating is is painful so it's good to get it right in the beginning and i would say you know there was a documentary out on netflix early earlier in the year called the social dilemma Many people may have seen it and it was kind of trying to get people to think about you know we all use facebook for free but really what is facebook or or you know, other social media platforms, how do they view us? So I would say to to listeners, think about the ResTech company. How do they view you? It's an interesting thing to think about. If they're connected to an OTA, you know, how do they view you? I'm not trying to preempt the answer to that question, but just what relationship do they have? you? They will give you customer service and stuff like that. It's kind of a bit like Game of Thrones, picking your which house you're going to align with, which flag you're going to rally toward. And in my case, I, you know, you can probably tell from, from the way I've been speaking earlier on, I kind of like Jason Morris. Like I've never met him, but I've seen him on, on YouTube and stuff. And he seems like an unassuming guy. And I think he's going to be independent. And like over time, when you start OTAs, acquiring booking systems and so on, he's likely to kind of uh, focus on his, his bannermen, his team. His, his customers and try and be independent in the middle of the, the wars to come, as they say in Game of Thrones. So I think uh, like, uh, just my choice was to choose an independent operator so that I'm kind of not too deeply involved with any of the OTAs and I can kind of you know, connect to them but not be part of their team, be independent. I came to that conclusion by thinking about how do the operators see me? And uh, do they want to help me or are they offering me all sorts of stuff and enticements and why are they offering me such free stuff and all these enticements, you know, things like that. So that would be my advice is think about how the how, these days on YouTube, you can you can Google the, the bosses of these companies and listen to them speak and think about, think about them as people and uh, think about if you'd like to team with them. Very good. Fantastic advice. Fantastic. Well,
1: Thank you, all three of you, for giving up some of your valuable time. I know you're very busy for coming on to the Meet the ResTech series. Rob, I would love to invite you on to a future episode of the show. I would love to learn more about your story of, of Game of Thrones tour. I know my listeners will be screaming for that as well.
2: Yeah, I'd be delighted, Shane. I, as I say, I like to talk, as you can tell, so I'd be I'm very happy to do that sometime.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Julianne, thank you very much for coming on.
0: Thank you, everybody. Thanks.
1: And Emily, merci beaucoup.
0: Ça fait
3: plaisir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Thanks for listening to the Torpreneur podcast. Be sure to visit
2: torpreneur.com to join the conversation and access the show notes including links
0: to the resources mentioned on today's episode. This is Torpreneur.